Blog Talk Radio. Peace to the gods. You already know, man. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud, them thieves be killing me, the enemy is close, we both lies on our identity, I feel like he who step, architect like M. Hotel, son had the son himself, the guard deadly with the art, I fit dark, with a slit heart, you can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts, standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold, behold the old glimpse that was never untold, infinite like the eight, seven, dwelling in your melon, no felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious, I'm primal, my rhyme suicidal, I worship no idols, my style of the gems going down in a spiral you stuck in your root my intelligence past my cool the god is the truth every time i step in the booth you step on a stoop got scooped and swooped in my loop do the knowledge whack and see get played like flu it was the son of the song a gift from the gods who rules flying through the sky with golden wings submerged into the light mighty body holy king with the scepter of justice melanin cultivating chi until we are hysteria finally becoming one with the righteous sun so long souls are raw Magnificent glow with unconditional love Scattered rays for days from the heavens above So below the souls Trapped in the lowest depths of hell Incarnated into 76 trillion cells To break free, we must be refined Masculine and feminine properties combined The devil's the author of confusion 183,000 divisions and religions Denominations that's close schisms and isms Though isn't it written in the Bible that you spoke in parables The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal Most of it is allegorical based on Esoteric principles, Baptist versus Methodist, Pentecostal Holiness versus Jehovah Witness, Mormons versus Seven Day Advances, Skeptics, Atheists, and Agnostics, Divine and Cosmic Tactics of the Reptilians, Lower Fourth Dimensional Aliens. So beware of the Draconian Satanists, though they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. So we crush the head of Leviathan, battle mind control, superlative suggestion, brainwashing, indoctrination, using religious politics, education, economics, health, and labor, entertainment, and war, no sex and law. In this chessboard game, cool like we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. First World Order Radio, finally, finally, we are on the air, no doubt. All right, all right. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio, every Wednesday, 8 p.m., we have to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. 
First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows, giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we are now going to make this is the hottest day of the week. Proceeding in levels in time, order, and importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates the brain of our specifics and the movements of value of natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the same that your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding levels in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates the brain of our specifics and the movements of value of natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the same that your thoughts transmits it. You need to understand how magical this uh, something like this every Wednesday can become. So you need to start uh, getting your calendar right, get your schedule, your schedule right. You need to know our intention straight out. All right. So I mean, these clues are given throughout the various languages was to piece the puzzle of this ancient mystery school back together again. What we plan on doing, both of us, is bringing you all hey, the sure dynamite is going to take this level up a notch. We also We're going to have stuff to do here. This is not just going to be about philosophies and theories, shit that works. You have an activated pipe in which that produced this black chemical called melanin. We, what we did was gave a hard line in the sand between the different definitions of esoteric study exoteric study. Playtime is over. Peace, peace, peace. We're glad that y'all coming on, checking out this water radio. We're back in the building once again. And of course, we can join our regular broadcast and our regular lessons, lectures, um, as practical as they can be. You know, um, but tonight is going to be called the Omex, the Black Gods of Ancient America. All right. So we're going to get into that information. Let me bring on my co-host, Brother Fahim. Are you here? And how to Washington East. Hey, how to Washington East. How you doing tonight? Doing great, God. How you doing? All right. All right. So we got the Omex. Ish, the Ish people, the black, so-called black, Moors, gods of ancient America, all right? So we're going to be dealing with um, our indigenous heritage once again, but we got to get into it, you know? So many people do not know and believe that they just came from Africa 400 years ago, not saying that we didn't have a portion of our bloodline that, that came recently, they did. However, the vast majority of our bloodline dates back hundreds, thousands, millions of years ago here within the Americas. And so that's what we've been doing uh, for years, proving it. Um, for those that might have seen the Soros Seti versus Dr. Aline Bay um, debate, you see on there that I got into that information and um, specifically stated that we are the indigenous people of not just Africa, but of the world, all right? This is why 
indigenous, nor aboriginal, or aboriginal, or terms in which that applies to Albions or Europeans. For they're not indigenous, nor are they native, nor are they um, Achitanis, nor are they um, aborigines, nor are they aboriginal. All right? Um, in the original sense, that is. So, um, we want to go into history in which that's been missing, that's been taken from us, in which that we've been deceived. So, we're going to do like we've been doing and trying to get all the information that we possibly can in. All right? And, of course, we're going to go to the presentation. We got to get it. We got to get it. All right? So, um, hopefully you can see the screen. You see the screen yet? All right. So, let's get it. So, right here, if you get the book, what they never told you, what they never told you in history class by Indochemic Kush, right? Go get this book, what they never told you in history class, Indochemic Kush, all right? They have the smaller book, but the one that you really need is the black and white book, all right? That's the one that I read back in the 80s, all right? That book was the book in which that convinced me that not only was we indigenous to Africa, but we was indigenous to the Americas, to Europe, to Asia, to Australia, and to the Pacific Islands, all over the planet Earth, way before the Albion even came upon the planet. So here it is, the black god of ancient America, another of the five gigantic heads of Omec deities, of the king. Right, Omek is allegedly Al Malik. Al Malik, Omek, Al Malik means the kings, and these are the gigantic heads of the kings in Arabic. Al Malik, Al Malik becomes Omek, Olmec, or Omeka. So we know these heads weigh five tons. Right. From full-size replication in the American Museum of Natural History, New York. All right. A fitting statement was made by Professor Weiner. All right, Weiner of Harvard University. He wrote the book "Africans and the Discovery of America," Volume Three, Philadelphia, 1920-1922. And he shows how the culture of America so closely resembles African culture that one may conclude that Africans' origins of America. He says the identity of the spiritual civilizations down to the remotest details in Sudan and in Mexico and elsewhere in America leads to the assumption that other cultural elements identical in both continents and are frequently bearing the same name as of African origin. Right? And lastly, R.A. Jarasibe, or Jaras the Day, um, all right, he says, ancient Egyptians and Chinese in America. He points out the black began his career in America not as slave, but as master, as master. 
The first Americans were black. The first Americans were black. The scholarly Latin author, C.C. McQuist, explains that the strong possibility that black people were the first people in America, out of which later came the red American race. It is likely that we repeat that long ago, the useful America was also a Negro continent, and that the Otomis of Mexico and the Chacaro and the um, Horaco of Haiti and the Matayas of Brazil and the Abinos of Panama are the remains of the Aboriginal Negro race out of which later developed, of which developed later, which is known as the Red or American race. Right? This is um, basically um, in Spanish um, the study of anthropology and um, well, archaeology, the study of archaeology and um, um, ethnography, right? This is volume 1, 1920. Then you have Professor Alexander von Wooten note, unexpected faces in ancient America adds how black people were present in America in the most ancient or pre-classical times. The startling fact is that in all parts of Mexico, archaeological pieces representing Negro or Negroid people have been found, especially in archaic or pre-classical sites. The presence of Negroes with their trading masters in America before Columbus, say Professor Leo Weiner, is proven, right? Is proved um, by the representation of Negroes in America, sculpture and design, but made specifically by Columbus emphatic reference to Negro traders from Guinea who trafficked in gold alloy, right? Guinea are precisely the same composition and bearing the same name as frequently referred to by early writers in Africa. This is from his book, African, Africa and the Discovery of America. In this regard, the testimony of Nicholas Leon proves instructive on how ancient African presence was in America. In fact, he said that the black people were the original people of Mexico. All right? The almost extinction of the original Negroes during the time of the Spanish conquest and the memories of them in the most ancient traditions induce us to believe that the Negroes were the first inhabitants of Mexico. This is the General History of Mexico, 1919. Also see the work of J. Rogers, Sex and Race, Volume 1, 2, and 3, or Nature Knows No Color Line. You have Riva Palacio, a Mexican scholar, stresses this point. It is indisputable that in very ancient times, the Negro race occupied our territory, Mexico. The Mexicans recalled a Negro guide Right? Ishlitum. Right? Which meant black face. Shitlitum. All right? Remember that name. 
Colonel A. Bracken said that he saw in a collection in in Ecuador a statuette of a Negro that was at least 20,000 years old. So this destroys all this nonsense about us not being already here prior to the Albion 400 years ago, allegedly bringing all of us here. Only a jackass would simply would believe that. Right. Or this proof that we just presented. Coming from Europeans and Mexicans themselves saying these things. Verifying that you were the original people here in the Americas. Because Mexico sits right underneath New Mexico. <laughs> which is in the United States. All right. You forgot about the Alamo or Alamo, Alamore. You forgot about that? So here we have, it says, some statues of the Indian gods in Central America possess typical Negro features. And there's certain prehistoric monuments that undoubtedly represented Negroes. This is from the book, The Shadows of Atlantis, page 40, 42, 1940. So see, they've been new. That you was the original people here. They've been new. Because 20,000 years go back before the first so-called Red Indian. As we love to refer to the math, but really, we understand that we were the indigenous people. And that red is actually talking about the hue of some of our people's skin color, all right? Red, brown, black, or near black, all right? But here we have, to the left, the Omec heads, 1500 to 1000 BC. Notice that the dates on these heads correspond exactly with the date of the destruction of Atlantis, 1500 BC. In the books, the ancient presence in African in um, ancient America, they came before Columbus by Ivan von Sertima, Dr. Ivan von Sertima. Get the African presence in America before Columbus by Floyd W. Hayes III. Here are the various heads of the being dug up. Five ton heads. You can go to Egypt where they would love to say that. Well, there's no statuettes in Egypt showing of these helmets that these Omecs wear. It's not. Well, here it is. The Twa people are wearing these same helmets. These same helmets was actually worn for those that um, did a research by the Europeans um, in us in the early days of football that we wore. These are the type of helmets in which they got the ideas from, obviously. And we call them hats, helmets, whatever term that you would want to say. But Sheba and Saba were either one or two cities of the Kushites or Ethiopians. And Finley, Finley um, say that the Sabians extended from the Red Sea to the Persian Gulf and thus Given them the whole of Arabia, one part of which is 
well known is called from this fertile soil, fertility of soil, and fertility of climax, feelings, or the happy. Right? And we're saying it's because the Kushites, who are the so called Ethiopians, were also the Nubians, Sudanese, Egyptians. My wife and I went to Mexico, but Azariah, Azazil, Ben Bay was with us, him and his mate at the time, um, my jade. We all went to Mexico to the pyramids. This was um, back in 2013, March 21st, 22nd, 23rd. All right? Oh, yeah. Rasahudi, appreciate that. Much, much, much. Thank you. Thank you. You deserve more, but this is the most I can do. Oh, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Much, much, much appreciation. All right. So, and it's listed by um, Gumfrey Higgins. It was on page 53. So, basically what the Mayan told us, as we was boarding the bus and we was heading to the sacred sites of the pyramids, Right, we went to Tulum, right, which is off the coast, right, off the um, Gulf Coast. And when we went, he said he had to reveal something because something happened four years ago. Now, of course, this is um, March, around the spring, Bernal um, equinox, and he said that. That happened four years ago. Of course, that was around 2008. So that was around the time when President Obama became president. And he said something happened four years ago, which that he had to end up telling the truth. And so he said, with that, what took place, he said, the Mayans did not build the pyramids. He said the pyramids were built by the Egyptian Kushites. Hmm. All right. He said the Egyptian Nubian people. He said that's who built these pyramids. The Egyptian Nubian people, the Kushites. He told us this, and he and he said, and I'm Mayan. So here we have in Arabia, the same place in which that we, in which that Gumfrey Higgins, um, speak of in Anaclipsis. He speaks of the Kushites or Ethiopians, and they was. And they extended from the Red Sea to the um, Persian Gulf, the whole of Arabia. And here we have a face of the Metronetra or inscription of a carving of a of a Kushite who lived in Arabia. The original Arabians was us. Notice how this face looks identical. His face is identical, right? So, he speak of that the Kushite Arabian carved monuments directly in the rock in many places throughout Arabia. Here we see a rock monument carved monu- monument with what looks like an Omec head. Exactly. The features shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was one of our ancestors. This was built by the ancient Kushites of Arabia, who built many monolithic structures throughout Arabia. 
it is beginning to become clear that the Kush that begat Nimrod was the Kush located in Arabia, as well as across the Red Sea in Ethiopia, and what is also called Somalia, all into Sudan and Ethiopia. It's head here to the right to approximately 1500 BC to 1000 BC also. Foundation of the archaeology and the related sciences as we know it presently were laid out in the mid-1800s. This was during the time when the, when the Europeans were perfectly and was perfecting their worldwide white supremacist paradigm. Scholars in various fields during this time took the position that we were the indigenous people, as we just finished reading, throughout the world. So here you have um, what's been found, all right, and this dates back um, in Mexico during the same time, and you notice this this looks like a typical said Negro. Right? There's no doubt about that. You can see from the curly hair, the broad nose, the thick lips, all right, the wide eyes, that this is us. Here's another example of the Olmec statue from Tres Pontes. Um, Mexico, the long shaft behind the head was most likely to insert into a hole in the wall of a temple or ceremonial wall court, right? But as you can see here, um, had a widow's peak with a little small afro. But the face is specifically Negro. There's no way that this can get around. That this can, no one can get around that. Here's another example. Same features. All right. This is a figure known as a tenon. These may have been used as wall markers, which were inserted into walls to catch the bus. So also here, protrude from the wall. It is the car from the pitted volcanic stones and comes from. Tres Apontes um, Veracruz, from Veracruz. So in Veracruz, La Venta, and Tabasco, you will find these heads. This is where these heads originated from, from, from out of these areas, which is more than 20 heads have been found today. Right? So this was here with data 1600 BC. It looks very similar to the um, um, the tenon um, tenon um, picture in issue one, which would have been actually uh, right here. It looks very similar, as you see. Once again, that little cheek afro, um, high cheekbones, broad nose, thick lips, right? All right. In my book, decolonization of the Americans by African Moors. Um, I speak of the fact that it is an archaeological fact that the ancient Kushites were a colony of Ethiopians and Egyptians that colonized portions of West Africa, Samaria, China, and China. And guess what? And here in the Americas. Just by the name of George Wallington stated that linguistic language discovers the, the ten discovery tends to show of a Kushite dynasty that did extend itself from Abyssinia, which is from Ethiopia, to India, which is Indo-Kush. The whole peninsula 
of India was inhabited by Africans. Africans, the meaning to separate in Greek, was one nation and the world was their land. Now, technically, Africa doesn't mean separate in Greek, all right? Because um, the Greeks got it from Afroaka, which actually uh, was the original name in ancient Egypt, Kimi. The Greeks translated to be the separate, all right? And the separate, what they was talking about was not just separate of the land mass, the separate of a people, but more so the separation of the person from their higher selves, all right? This is what they were really talking about with this separation, right? And what I mean by that is that uh, when the soul enters into the body, the body soon forgets that it has a soul, but it becomes so engulfed with the physical, right? This is told to us in the Holy Quran, Circle 7, where it says that the Holy Breath will make us whole again, make us in harmony and make us have peace and harmony again. I'm paraphrasing. And that it also states that we, taught, we chose to tear ourselves from a law. So we, taught, we chose to separate ourselves from a law, to separate ourselves from our higher self. Because we got so entrapped into the lower self and its attributes and believed and began to believe that the only thing that was real was the physical. Right? Never worrying and thinking about the subtle world. Right? And this is one of the problems. So hence the term separate, right? Because we're Africa itself, as we told you before on the video, the true origin of Africa and Africa first, um we told you before that um Africa means the soul, which is raw, moving in matter or be Coming embedded in matter, matter means the body, the flesh, the temple, right? So the sun, the light, raw, becoming entrapped, all right, in the physical, right? So here, the African penetration in religion and the civic life and customs was thorough. And to judge from the survival of the Arabic word in a Malinka or Aninka um, in America, especially among the Carib and the Aztecs. So the Karat or the Karat Indians or the Caribbean people, who was the Arawak, the Tiano, right? They spoke during Arabic words in Malinka or Mandinka, right? And so did the Aztecs. They proceed almost exclusively from the Mandingo either the ancestors of the present Medlinka or a tribe in which that the Sandinka language has not yet completely separated from its Medlinka affinity, right? And you can get that from Africa in the Discovery of America, Volume 3, by Leo Wiener. That's Leo Wiener. According to Dr. Clyde Winters, PhD, he states, in 1300s, many Malians, because the Malians, we talking about the Mandinka people, and the Mandinka people are the same people as the Dogon, and the Dogons were the ancient Egyptians 8,000 years ago. They were the astronomers. They were the high priests, right? The astrologers and the astronomers. 
But in 1300, in the 1300s, many Malians sailed to the Americans. Once again, this is nearly 200 years before Christopher Columbus. Nearly 200 years before Christopher Columbus. And although most Malians settled in Brazil, Mexico, and built a mound along the Mississippi River, some Malians settled in Florida. Those Malians become the Yamasi, which becomes the Gullah people, the Gullah people, who are the Seminole, as they are called, became enslaved due to the European and its colonization. Right? This is Abu Bakari, Amensa Abu Bakari II. Right? An African emperor who ruled Mali. And Mali means where the king lives. Where the king lives. That's what Mali means. And the word Mali also is Maru. M-A-L-I is actually M-E-R-U. There's no vowels in the L and the R were interchangeable. So America was also called where the king lives because it was called Meru. Meru. Right? America. It is called Meru. Right? You can look that up in Western Dictionary where it says the original application of the name for American is Meru. So we know that this is where the king lived also. Why? Because we found more than 20 heads of the kings. Remember, I told you that the Omex comes from the Arabic word Almanic, which means the king. You get it? This is even found in Arabic. So, in the 1400s, discovered America nearly 200 years before Christopher Columbus, according to African Griot. Mansa Abu Bakari II and the Voyager King, as he was called, went through what was the richest and the largest empire on earth, covering nearly all of West Africa, larger than the Holy Roman Empire. And while traveling to Mecca, Mansa Musa, right, who was his nephew on his famous Hajj in 1324, informed the scholars of Mamouk, Roderick, Sultan Court. Right, who is in Nasir Eddin Muhammad the Third, thirteen oh nine to thirteen forty in Cairo, that his brother, right? So those right here, his brother, Sultan Abu Bakari the second and Mansa or Mansa of Abu Bakari um Siata or uh, Siata um the second, twenty eighty five to thirteen twelve. Right? Some books you will read and it says that it was his nephew, and here it reads that it was his brother. But here it says, has undertaken two expeditions in the Atlantic Ocean. According to a Malian scholar, um, um, in his book, The Saga of Abu Bakari II, virtually all of that is known of Abu Bakari II is from the account of Jihad al-Umari. Al-Umari visited Cairo after Musa stopped there during his historic Hajj to Mecca and recorded the conversation between uh, Musa and his host, Abu um, Hassan Ali Ibn Amir Habib. According to Musa, Abu 
Abubarak uh, became convinced that he could find the edge of the Atlantic Ocean and, uh, and outfit in an expedition of 200 ships to find it. Now, this was in um, 13, right? This was in um, within 13, um, 11, right? Only one of those ships returned. The captain related that the expedition had come to a river with a powerful current in the ocean. The current took most of the fleet away, all right? After which the captain turned back. According to um, Master Abu Bakari Abu Bar was undeterred and launched an even larger expedition with himself as, um, as the head. Now departing with 2,000 vessels. We're talking about almost 2,200 vessels, ships, that sailed here before Christopher Columbus, 200 years before Christopher Columbus. So if you want to know how your African blood got here, I suggest, and I know that this is how this happened. It came by way of the Mandingo and those in the surrounding area of West Africa, the Benin, the Nigerian, the Niger, the Dogon, the the Senegalese, all of them, Ghana, all of these areas was controlled by Sultan Abu Bukhari, the second, right? Of Mansa Abu Bukhari. And so we're talking about 2,200 ships at one time. Not over a 400 year period in which that the Europeans did it. That allegedly worked for three companies. Well, that was a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Now check this out. It says the Yeah, it says the vessel for his men and a like number for supplies. The emperor gave up all power and gold to pursue knowledge and discovery. When the Sultan did not return to Timbuktu from the second voyage in thirteen eleven, Mansa Musa became Sultan of the Empire. So we talk about some out of Timbuktu. So remember, they told you that, oh, we took the doctors and the lawyers and the builders and the workers from out of Timbuktu and brought them from out of Timbuktu into America, and they built our fine establishment. So we came 200 years before you, before Columbus, all right? This was nearly 400 years before the slave trade, because the slave trade didn't start until 1619, to the Americas, at least that's what they told us. Right. You know, some reports, you know, that um, Sir John Hody Hawkins, um, you know, 55, the Nation of Islam speaks about that, and the Nation of God's Nurse speaks about that. But we're talking about on a large scale, from what they told us, then it's to 1619. So we're talking about 400 years before the European African slave trade, or what they call the Atlantic slave trade, or the transatlantic slave trade. 400 years. 
So you want to talk about the last 400 years you was in slavery? What are you talking about the last 800 years um, that you can least attach yourself to Abu Bakari and his 2,200 ships that came at one time? Here's an example of those ships, as you might see here from the document, well, from this particular painting, drawing, all right? This is the area in which they're talking about nearly the whole of West Africa. So we're talking about the Ghana, Malian, and Songhai Empire, which is later on called the Moroccan Empire. So don't get confused. Let me say that we are Moroccans, but we're talking about even 400 years before the slave trade, we were here. Now, I've gone back all the way in prior lectures showing that we were here over 600 million years ago. But some of y'all can't take that shit, so I have to now <laughs> lower it and now show you at least that we were here 400 years before the slave trade, the massive or the major slave trade took place. So here we have Ghana, Mali, and Songhai, all right? And this is the whole of West Africa into Nigeria, into Niger, all right? Into Mali, Timbuktu, all the way down into Benin, Dahomey, all right? The Ashante, all right? He ruled all of this and more. We have another example of a modern-day map, and you can see the areas as it reaches all the way into Mauritania, Timbuktu, as you see here, Mali, Niger, Nigeria, Benin, Burkina, Burkina, um, Faso, um, as you see here, into Guinea, Cote, Senegal, all right? So... He ruled most in you know, all, all of this. Matter of fact, for those that don't understand the significance of this, just this area alone is larger than the size of all right, is larger than the size of the United States. Okay. So that's what this is what we're talking about, because you can fit the United States in Africa five times. So just this area alone, he ruled the whole United States and more. Okay? This is what you have to wrap your head around. All right, so in Dr. Ben's book, he shows the empire of the Moors. The Moors, Africans, Arabs, Persians, Berbers, 700 CE, 1500 CE. And he shows in the same area that we just finished looking at, all right, in the exact same area, all right, Moors invaded Spain in 1711 under the leadership of um, Garo um, Tariq, all right? Um, African Muslim of Morocco, all right? So everybody loved to talk about Tariq invading Spain in 1711, but they failed to mention that he's from out of Morocco. <laughs> African Sultan established control of the North Africa. Yusef I, first. 1080 CE. Moors driven from all parts of Spain except Granada in 1250. 
right? And they and the fulfillment of that didn't take place until 1492. More driven out of Granada in 1500s, all right? That was around 1492. Matter of fact, the last stronghold was um, Granada, all right? During the reign of Fernandez and, and so-called Queen Isabella, all right? But this is the area from which that the so-called Moors, the empire of the Moors, come from. Um, as a matter of fact, as you see Libya, and you know that the old Marine song states that from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Tripoli is the capital of Libya. The halls of Montezuma is here in, Morocco, in Mexico. Now, those that keep listening to these points that I'm talking about, well, let's look at this African Holocaust, Slavery and the Rise of European Capitalism by Dr. John Henry Clark. All right? This is forwarded by Leonard Jeffries. Dr. Leonard Jeffries. Let's look at what is in the book. According to John Henry Clark, the African Christopher Columbus and the Myth of the New World, now entitled Christopher Columbus and the African Holocaust, Slavery and the Rise of European Capitalism, he said it must also be added that the American president on his voyage to America witnessed the Mandingos of Mali and the Songhai Empires, later identified as the Moroccan Empires, out in the Atlantic, returning to Africa. So here it is, one of our greatest African minds and historians, John Henry Clark, said the Mandingos of Mali, which are the Omecs and the Songhai Empires was later identified as the Moroccan Empire. So not only was he identified as Moors, but yet the information that we just talked about, the Moors ruled the same area which that y'all so love talking about, Mansa Musa. And Mansa Musa inherited his wealth and his kingship from his brother. Abu Bakari II, who came here to be with his brothers, the Omex, the Ish people who was here for over 5,000 years, the Folsoms who was here over 75,000 years, the Washita who've been here over 100,000 years, the Twa who've been here over 2 million years, and the humanoid who've been here for over six. Hundred million years ago, according to Forbidden Archaeology by Michael Creedmoor and Richard um, L. Thompson. Columbus notes in his journal that the Native Americans confirmed black-skinned people who came from the southeast in boats, trading in gold-tipped spears. This is Leo Wiener, author, Africans and the Discovery of America. Documents in Cairo, Egypt, as well as, as in as the Mandingo oral Traditions reflects that the sea voyages of the great Mali Empire from a later period, a year after sending out an expeditionary fleet across the Atlantic in 1311, King Abu Bakari II sailed west in a huge flotilla. A flotilla. It says neither of the two Mandingo fleets came back to Mali to tell their story, explained. Ivan von Sotoma, Dr. Ivan von Sotoma, 
But around the same time, evidence of contact between West Africans and Mexicans appeared in strata in America and in an overwhelming combination of artifacts and cultural parallels. They suggest that the Aztecs might have witnessed Abu Bakari's landing and took him to be the reincarnation of one of their gods, a black-headed, black-bearded figure in white robes. Now, the Europeans flipped this shit around and say that Cortez, who invaded the Aztecs, etc., and destroyed their culture and killed many of them, they claimed that, oh, no, he had a black, he had a black beard, but was white skin, white skin, pale skin, had a black beard. This is the shit that the Europeans say, but that was not true. They took Abu Bakari as the reincarnation of the God who was black-headed, black-bearded figure with white robes. One of the representations of Quetzalcoatl, modeled on a dark-skinned outsider appearing in paintings in the Valley of Mexico. The Europeans tried to flip it and say, oh, it was the pale, it was pale skin. He, oh, he was white. No, he wasn't. Quetzalcoatl was not white. Quetzalcoatl, matter of fact, Coto means black. So that's how you know that they lying, number one. Coto means black, dark skin. Appears in paintings in the Valley of Mexico. While the Aztecs began to worship a Negroid figure mistaken for the god Tezcat Lipoca. Before he ha- had the right ceremony, because he had the right ceremonial color. So obviously it might not be mistaken then because Abu Bakari with his 2,000 to 2,200 ships or 2,200 ships came here. The pre-Columbian presence of Africans in the Americas is also reflected in the linguistic similarities and other cultural parallels, including rain-making rituals, in other words, rain dancing, but there's just a few examples of many. Mali is a gathering evidence that in 1312, Abu Bakari II landed at the coast of Brazil. So this is the second expedition, 1312 now, and that he landed in Brazil in a place known as Rasifi. All right? His other name is Ponon Buco which we believe is an aberration, aberration of the Mandy name for the rich gold fields that accounted for much of the wealth of the Malian Empire. Bori Bambuk. All right, so what they're saying is that the phonetic sounding of Barda, or Bari Bambuk, is Penang Buka, or Buko. Now, that's interesting because even though in the movie Black Panther, they brought up the Spanish word, um, El um, Doro, El Doro, all right? If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's how they pronounced it. But it meant 
um, gold, the land of gold. All right. So this might be the same area um, um, somewhere in this South American area um, here. All right. So here we have Arabic Islamic inscriptions. Anthropologists have proven that the Mandinkas under Mansa Abu Bakari instructions explored many parts of North America via the Mississippi. So they did not stay in Mexico. They came on up into Mississippi and other river systems at four corners. Arizona, writing shows that they even brought elephants from Africa to the area. Now you got now now you know that's some bad shit right there. Twenty two hundred ships alone is impressive, plus elephants. They bought elephants. Elephants are not naturally from here, but they seen hieroglyphics and drawings of elephants in Arizona. So the different ethnic groups brought to the Americas closely corresponds to the region of heaviest activity in the slave trade? Is that a coincidence that the 2,200 ships that came from these same areas, over 45 distinct ethnic groups were taken to the Americas during the the trade? This is what they told us. And of the 45, the 10 most predominant, according to slave documentation of the era, are listed below. Did you be? Um, speakers of Togo, Ghana, and Benin. All right. The Akan of Ghana. Or the Cote d'Ivory. The Mbunbu, or Mbundu of Angola. The Bakongo of the Democratic Republic of Congo and Angola. The Igbo of southern, of southeastern Nigeria. The Yoruba of southwestern Nigeria, the Mandi speakers of Upper Guinea, the Wolof of Senegal and the Gambia, the Shamba of Cameroon, and the Makua of Mozambique, the legacies in Africa, Americas, the Caribbean, and Europe. So these are the tribes that they claim that they brought over here, but yet this is the exact same people in which that it sounds like Abu Bakari brought over because these are the exact same regions. Exact same people. Is that a coincidence that Abu Bakari comes over here twenty-two um, with 2,200 ships with people from out of his kingdom, which is all of the area that we just finished talking about? Or the European brought all of us over here? Not of our own free will. And for those that don't know what, any information about Timbuktu, Timbuktu was um, the largest school in a university um, universities in which that we had after the destruction of, of the Library of Alexandria in Egypt. That information that was once in Egypt came westward by the Dogons in Mali. And universities were set up there in Timbuktu. And this is where a lot of the people came from. 
the Mandinka people, in which that is known as the Omex, came from this area, from this region. Abu Bakari's 2,200 ships and his people came from this area. Obviously studied within those schools because they was master navigators. But you believe that the European board, all of us here, all 45 distinct ethnic groups. And this is in the exact same area now. Well, I can tell you, I think not. <laughs> Even the Europeans at the highest level, all right? Those at the United Nations tell you that we are the indigenous people. Read the Inter-American Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. All right? Section 1, Indigenous Peoples. Article 1, Definition. In this declaration, Indigenous people are those who embody historical continuity with societies which existed prior to the conquest and settlement of their territories by Europeans. So the Europeans, so anybody that was here in America before the Europeans came were Indigenous. Damn. That's what they just told you. So I just proved to you that you had ancestry that was here. So let's say that the European brought us all over here, which of course we can't say that, but let's say that the European brought a portion of us over here. And the only thing he did by bringing a portion of us over here from these same areas that he claimed that he brought us over here from, we connected with those people who came on the ships of Abu Bakari, those 2,200 ships, you think they just, you know, it was, it was just a few hundreds of them on 2,200 ships? All right. On 2,200 ships, you know that they had to be at least um, one so-called black per ship. <laughs> so, we know at least 2,200 people. Let's say times 10. What is that? 2,200 times 10. What that become? 2, so that becomes 22,000. Okay? So we say at least 10 was on each one. Right? Okay, well, let's say... Uh, let's say 50 was on each one. Wow. Yeah. No. Right. That's what I said, 22,000. So 22,000 times 50, right? So let's say 50 people was on each one of those ships. Now, you know they had to bring the elephants and everything, so we already know that. So we can say that they had at least 50 people. So, so 2,200 or 22,000 in this case, right? Hey, 22,000 people times 50. What we get? 1,100,000. Right. So we talking about he bought over here at least At least now, all right, we're going we're gonna to be generous with this. 
75,000. 75,000. <laughs> exactly. So let's say we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be considerate. So he bought over here maybe on those 2,200 ships, 75,000 people. Okay? Which, once again, was here at least 400 years before the so-called slave trade that they told us about from 1619. You get it? So, you had ancestry from these same areas that they claimed that they bought us, but yet, we talking about maybe at least 75,000 people that was over. Oh, but over those 400 years, do you think those 75,000 people stayed just 75,000 people and didn't have children? Because I know the so-called black people here in the South, you know what I'm saying, just up until maybe 30 years ago, them jokes was popping out babies every day. Right? I'm talking about you have families that have 15 over 15 children, almost every family, you know what I'm saying? How many children you got? You got 10, goddamn. You got what, 15? You got 12. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right, you needed people to work the land. And remember, they was in Mississippi now. (laughs) Arizona, all right? So here it is, it says, in this declaration, indigenous people are those who embody historical continuity with societies which existed prior to their conquest and the settlement of their territories by Europeans, as well as people brought involuntarily to the new world who freed themselves, as we went over that last night, the remnants of those Omecs, of the Mandinka people, or the Seminoles, the Gullah people, known as the Yamasis. And you get the Gullah Wars, the Yamasi Wars, the Seminole Wars, same people. As we've been told y'all that. So here it is. It says, as well as people brought involuntarily to the new world who freed themselves and reestablished the culture from which they've been torn. Right? So, right here, Indigenous and Tribal Peoples Convention, 1989. It says, in applying natural, um, national law and regulation to the people's concern, due regard shall be, um, be had to their customs and customary laws. These people shall have the right to retain their own customs and institutions. Where these are not incompatible with fundamental rights defined by the national legal system and with international recognized human rights. Procedures shall be established whenever necessary to resolve conflicts which may arise in the application of this principle. So those in North America must proclaim their true nationality as Moors. All right? Because that's what we're talking about. Moorish Americans or Aborigines. Moors or indigenous Moors or tribal Moors with the names Choctaw Moors, Lenape Moors, Washita Moors. Moor ties you back to the land. As you look up in the Black's Law Dictionary, land, and you will see the word Moors embedded inside the definition. So correct the status, race, um, religion, birth certificate, etc. for the record. If not, the model slave labels moderate slave labels and descriptions such as black, Negro, colored, Ethiopian, West Indian, Native American, Native um, Native Indian, American Indian, American Indian, Black Indian, Latino, Mexican, 
Afro-American, African-American, First People, First Nation, Original People, Asiatics, Aboriginals, Indigenous, Paleo, Pre, Adamite, Achitanis, um, Achitan, um, etc. is only showing that we are not free and do not know who we are. Well, that's only because some of these particular um, words are merely adjectives. These are merely adjectives. It describes who we are. That's why I had the more on the end of indigenous moors as well as also aboriginal moors and aborigine. All right? Aborigine itself is a noun. All right? So that ignorance will have, have us under the stronghold of a foreign political jurisdiction or a moderate slave master, it represent, uh, representatives and agents. We will then be abused and misused called second-class citizens which that's what we are anyway. We're second-class citizens, all right? Also, there are pillars in the more, um, with Moorish names in the so-called Washington um, Monument Museum, in the Washington um, um, Museum um, in Alexandria. One day I went to the Grand Lodge Library um, in New York um, City on 23rd Street in order to get more information on MOVPAR, which is M-O-V-P-E-R, or the Grotto, in a pamphlet I found was the following picture and explanation. One of the rituals involved the court of Mokana, which really stands for the Moors or Canaanites. Now look at the name. You're talking about El Bay, and they talk about we can't use the title El Bay. Some Moors say that. Um, silliness, but yet Shriners use it, and I don't see them attacking the Shriners for using El Bay. Hmm, I wonder why. But what we find out is that Osar, which is Osiris, was called Bay or Bai, which means noble, priest, which is a form of Osar, Osiris, and Ra. So when the Moorish Empire ruled the world, all bailiffs or sheriffs were called bailiffs. The term bay became bay and bay. All right? You can get this from EHD volume 1, P200 and 2, and SOED page 137, SB2, SB3, and bailiff or baylet. Baylight. All right? Baylet or baylight. In the ancient history of the distinguished Surname Bay, check this out now. This is another book by the Historic Research Society in Orlando, Florida, states that these bays pioneered became the nucleus of the first settlements from Maine to the Columbia Cumberland Gap. They provided much of the stock that produced the early presidents and governors of the United States. So, this is why they don't mention the the 16 presidents prior to Washington, right? The eight under the Articles of Confederation and eight under the Declaration of Independence and the um, and Articles of um, Association. They don't mention them, all right? We just talk about, oh, John Hanson, he was the first black president. But you don't mention the other seven um, after him, nor the ones who sat in rulership position, that was us, the Moors, 
under the Articles of Association. So John Hanson was under the Articles of Confederation. And they provided much of the stock that produced the early presidents and governors of the United States. In Canada, they settled Nova Scotia, all right, the St. Lawrence and Ottawa Valley. The name, the family name Bay provides much prominent contemporaries such as Colonel Bay, who created the Riddle Canal and founded Ottawa. Bay in Old English or Moorish English originally meant governor and print or bag, big, equals great. So bay means great, governor, right? So El Bay means the great, the governor, right? Because the or El or Il means the, and also Il was also a Native indigenous tribes. You had the eels, right? Which they don't speak about. So you had a tribe named eels. And this is why, unknown to most Moorish Americans, they pronounce L as ill to this day. So the Washington and the Turnica, which is the Turner and Washington family, carries the imperial bloodline. After the United States came into our land, the names were altered to Washington and Turner. They also changed the spelling of Washington to Oshita, a European misnomer that remains, um, that retains the pronunciation of the original name, right? Or Oshita, or Washita. Several derivatives of the name appear, such as Wichita, Wichita, Utah, all right, Eba, etc. The term Washita colloquially has come to mean ancient ones or the black ones. This is what the Empress wrote in Return of the Ancient One. All right, Return of the Ancient Ones. All right, so here, clearly printed on the original map of the Spanish land grants, the river named Rio Negro, Rivers of the Blacks, is simultaneously labeled Rio Ushita or Washita, River of the Washita. In the Egyptian Kemetic Hieroglyphic Dictionary, Washington appears as Washet, or Washhutte, or Wajeta, and Set, or Sebet, and Sebet becomes Sebet, or Septi, which becomes Shabazz. So the Lord's tribe of Shabazz is the Washington. All right? The nation Islam has the science of the tribe of Shabazz, the lost tribe, the lost but yet now found tribe of Shabazz. That's the Washita. Pre-Mayan spelling in our original Mu language was Ushaktonk or Ushashaktonk, Wahunktonk or Washaktonk, Washaktonk. In the ancient Orient, Shehawanti. Shawanti, pronounced Shiwati, Shiwati, Shiwati becomes Washita, Shiwati, was the first sovereign emperor of China. Under what? The Shang Dynasty. Under the Shang Dynasty, Omex, it was the Mandinko, the Malian, 
the Dogon. So if black Americans knew they were originally from America and not from Africa, at least not from 400 years ago, all type of hell would break loose. Because you would now know that you are the indigenous people. Hey, you had to go and listen to old Henry Louis Skip Gates because he skipped right over your damn heritage and right over your history. This old literary critic, educated scholar, writer, editor, and public intelli- um, intellectual. He was the first African-American to receive the Andrew W. Mullen Foundation Fellowship. And he's received 51 honorary degrees and numerous awards for his teaching, research, and development in the institutions to study black culture. Nothing indigenous now. Just, just, just the fact of you coming from slavery. Notice all of his damn PBS shows speaks about people coming from slavery. That's all he talks about. Now, I don't know how he figured that it's just about the slaves, right? Because what he does, right, he say, okay, well, yeah, you come from Africa. However, um, we found um, family lineage right here in Mississippi, and you belong to the Harrison family. Your granddaddy Harrison was on this plantation under Leonard Harrison. He's a professor at Harvard, where he's the director of the W.E.B. Du Bois Institute for African and African American Research. He also hosts several PBS television miniseries, which are the ones that we're talking about. So, this is who we can blame also as far as um, de-Americanizing you, all right, and just making you a slave. Because that's what he showed Nas, the rapper. That's what he showed. Um, now, now, the crazy thing was that, all right, um, y'all might have seen the one with Nas. Go and check it out if you haven't seen it. All right, I, I, we got to let the fire engine pass by. All right, so, all right, you might have seen the one with Morgan Freeman. All right, where Morgan Freeman specifically said that his grandmother told him that they was Choctaw. But Henry Louis Gates said, nah, you African slave, nigga. Who's African slave? He did that to um John um to um Cheatham, who also believed that he was Choctaw. Oh nah, you was a nah, you was a slave, nigga. Yeah, you was an African slave, nigga. Now, how can you distinguish the two hundred year to four hundred year period that we just talked about with Mansa Musa people coming here two hundred years before Columbus and The 200 years or 100 and some odd years after Columbus. How can you make that distinction between the genetics? What markers would you have for that 200 to 400 year period? So we're talking about from 1311, 1312 to 1619, when the slave trade began on a major scale from all right. To the time that slavery was over, 1865. 
What, what, what can you use? What markers are there? Anyway, let's get into it. Paleo-Americans, Paleo-Indians, morphology. Dear trader, Henry Louis Gates, the true reason your DNA test propaganda is fraudulent is because we are classified as Paleo-Indians-Americans, hence Paleo-Americans, or First Americans. That makes us the only true indigenous Americans. The people that came after us are natives, which means we are the true measuring stick for far, as far as DNA testing is concerned in the Americas. Not the Mongolians who came after our ancestors were already here, as I've already proven. Abstract, comparative, morphological um, studies on the earliest human skulls of the New World have shown that whereas late prehistoric, recent, and present Native Americans tends to exhibit a cranial morphology similar to the late and moderate Northern Asians, short and wide neurocrania, high in um, octahognatic um, and broad faces, and relatively high in um, narrow orbit and nose. The earliest South American tends to be a more similar to the present Australian, Malaysian, and Sub-Saharan African. So you see, this is where they get it from. All right? Narrow and long neural um, cranium. Prognostic, long face and relatively low and broad orbits and noses. However, most of the previous studies of early American human remains were based on small cranial samples. Herein, we compared the largest samples of early American skulls ever studied. 81 skulls of Lago um, Santa region was why worldwide data sets uh, resetting global methodological variations in humans through three different uh, multivariance analysis. The results obtained from all um, multivariances analysis confirm a close morphological affinity between South American Paleo-Indians and extend Australo-Malaysian groups supporting the hypothesis that the two distinct biological populations could have colonized the New World in the Placeocene, in the Halocene transition. All right? So many accounts incorrectly classify us as Indians descendants of a people who migrated in waves across the Barren Strait in the, in the Pacific Ocean. Yet research indisputably shows that we established elaborate communities and social orders for tens of thousands of years before the arrival of any Asian migrants or barbarous invaders. The so-called red population of the Western Hemisphere who claims no ownership of the land are our honored brothers and sisters who emerged from the empire. The names Blackfoot, Tar Heels are an example of loosened attempts to hide the true identity of our people. Here in North Carolina, it was called the Tar Heel State, and you have Blackfoot or Blackfeet Indians that was here. In fact, they're called the, um, the Halawa um, Sapani tribe today. All right? They're also called the Lumbee. All right? They're also called the Wakama. All right? The Chattawa. 
or the Katawa. All right? Other names used to defy indigenous people are Creek, Cherokee, Hopi, Iroquois, Hokum, Navajo, Shoshone, um, Nessie, Biloxi, Seminole, Chickasaw, etc. The cultures of the Omex, Toltecs, Mayans, Aztecs, and Incas who evolved into sophisticated societies in the areas known as Central and South America, Mu, can all be linked at, um, to distinct traditions and artifacts originating in the Washington D. Declamania Empire. The Eurocentric practice of dividing and classifying our people has created an illusion of differences used to conquer the native people. We are all one people, children of the one and only God. So, we talked about this dude before. He's the one who gave it the term African-American. So, they know who we are, all right? The term African-American is a colonial term to dis- disenfranchise the indigenous people of America, all right? This term didn't exist until 1988, um, all right? Or as we say, in 1990. Get the book, um, Black Bourgeoisie, the book that brought the shock of self-realization and revelation to the new class, that the middle-class blacks in America by um, E. Franklin Fraser. This great book exposes the house servants, the boule agents that we have among us that is keeping us back as a people. The science is very deep and self-evident. This book, it is other book by Randall Kennedy, Sellout, the Political of Racial Portrayal, right? This book, you know, basically exposed, you know, the house um, servants, the oath takers, boule initiates, um, the black masons, um, Eastern Star, Greek sororities, and fraternity members, etc. All right? The Boule agents that we have among us that are keeping us back as a people, the science is very real and self-evident. In order for us to properly grow and develop as a people, we first have to expose the demons from within because it is only these demons that dwell within ourselves that we can only, that only keeps us back. As the Gnostic Christ, Desi Scrolls, indicates, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. So people ask, well, why proclaiming our nationality is important? Well, we do notice that when you naturalize, you lose your nationality. And you can't naturalize into this corporation. All right? So since that was the case, they just simply stripped you of your nationality by giving you such titles as Negro Blacks and um, Negroes, Blacks and, and Colors, African American. And notice that you're the only people in the last 100 years that had your name changed damn at least four times. 1900, you was Negro. 1930, you was Colored. 1960, you was Black. 1990, you was African American. So although native um, nationalities can arise from nation, um, naturalization, it must be understood that nationality arises only by birth of natural person. The naturalization process is used to adapt alien individuals who do not have a nationality, which implies an unnatural condition, and thereby must be granted one. Hence, naturalize. For more to naturalize would only imply a condition of not having a nationality. Our nationality was buried among clergymen, all right, among the Cherokee, and now under Freemasonry. It can never be acquired because it 
already exists within our bloodstream. Right? You are what your mother, what your foremothers and forefathers are and were. Moors. We must reclaim it. Nationalized is a term that we use to signify the process of reclaiming our nationality in order to avoid the limitations of being naturalized. Oh, and by the way, nature can never be naturalized. So if you want to be a natural person, then you must be a natural person. Remember, we showed you that natural person is indigenous. We showed you that the other day. Natural person is, according to Blackstone Dictionary 7th edition, natural person is indigenous. Right? Indigenous people still have unalienable natural law rights to complete sovereignty as independent nation. This has never been refuted in American law, although the treaty law has not been respected. But we know why it has not been respected, because of something known as the Doctrine of Discovery, right? which was issued by the Vatican and the United States. Supreme Court formally wrote the Doctrine of Discovery into the laws of the United States in the case of Johnson versus McIntosh in 1823. All right? And, and, um, and um, Chief Justice John Marshall wrote, Discovery gives title to the government by which subject or by whose authority it was made against all other European governments. So Indian people are still denied their rights. Indigenous Aboriginal people are still denied their rights, simply because they are not Christians. There was not Christians at the time of European arrival. This is what Stephen um, Newcomb said. But really, few people realize that the legal distinction between Christians and who was actually the Cretans, which means and the, and the so-called heathens, i.e. indigenous people, North, um, um, Native Americans, and the people, is still the law of the land today. And we know that. So based on the doctrine of discovery and the result federal law, the United States continue to deny indigenous people the recognition of their sovereignty and treaty rights in their own ancestral homeland of North America. All right? So indigenous people still have unalienable or uneligible rights, natural rights, right, to complete sovereignty as indigenous and independent nations. Right? This never been refuted in American law. So you have now the Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People that you need to go by in order to help clear that mess up. Because although the treaty laws have not been respected, the United States signed on to, under Barack Obama, December 16, 2010, signed on to the Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. So therefore, the United States have to recognize and have to accept your indigenous nationality. In my analysis, the indigenous people of North America never lost their sovereignty, but was conquered and subdued to the point of annihilation. Their land was collateralized by the federal government. Many indigenous people, dispirited by the um, genocidal acts against them, temporarily surrendered to the federal system under the stewardship of the federal government. The indigenous people can claim their sovereignty by disengaging from the federal government and restoring political, economic, and legal sovereignty over their affairs as a nation. E.g., Anandaga tribe in New York. So one of the many steps needed to bring this immoral, although legal system of colonialization and exploitation to an end, 
The doctrine of discovery must be formally revoked by Pope John Paul II, or in this case, um, Francis, by Pope Francis. All right? It needs to be dissolved. As a matter of fact, um, the Empress wrote back in the 90s a letter to um, Pope John Paul II in which that she stated that we're no longer as Washita, um and uh, and those associated bands or tribes are no longer under the authority of the Vatican nor the United States. This is why they had to institute the United Decorate the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Another step needed to restore sovereignty is to restore allodial land rights as a tribe in either a sovereign trust structure or by updating the tribal land patterns. Restoring self-reliance, tribal traditions, and language. And the land-based self-sufficiency of the indigenous people, along with economic self-reliances, and is the major challenge to sovereignty. The federal United States government recognized this sovereignty in many practical ways for their own self-interest. Consider this um, ex- um, excerpt from an affidavit of a former high-level CIA operative who was responsible for developing a copy of the Inslaw um, um, software on the Cosmosome Reservation. The Cosmosome um, Band of Indians are a sovereign nation. The sovereign immunity that is according to the Cosmosome as a consequence of this fact made it feasible to pursue on the reservation's development and or manufacturing of material whose development and manufacturing would be subject to strenuous control off the reservation. All right, so this is just some of the ways in which that we can begin to start doing so. All right, so um, I'm in my presentation right there. Um, hopefully you got enough um, information. And um, anything you want to build on, um, Brother L, um, go into right quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Peace, Arlene. Can you hear me? Peace. Yeah, peace, Yes, brother. we got you loud. Yes, I got something to say to them. Uh, these in, in, uh, indigenous people that say that we are not Moors and this is not Morocco, they should have been listening right. to this tonight. And how I want yeah. to ask them how can they call themselves Aboriginal Americans, and they're saying that we are not Moors, and Moors means the land that we are, the land that we live on. Right. Well, how can, we, we can prove that. right, right. You well, you know, we 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 proved that so many times, um, in class, so it's ridiculous. But now we got to bring this information to the people, you know, um, you know, who's here, you know, who who who's who's listening to us maybe for the first time. You know, um, by way of Google Hangout, by way of YouTube, or by way of um, the radio show. You know, you know, there might be a few people who never heard us speak um, before. Yeah, Brother Fahim said, you know, what is up with these people who saying that we're not um, Moors, you know, but yet we just indigenous or Aboriginal. You know, well, that's because they can't read or they don't read. Because, let's look at it. Can you still see the screen? Well, I'll post it here. I'll post okay. it here. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's get the correct information. Let's get it from Dr. John Henry Clark. All right? Here we can now talk about it. He said, we are a nation in this country searching for a nationality. And once we find our nationality and serve that nationality, we'll do for ourselves what needs to be done. All ethnic groups in this country understand they got a nationality. Because you answer to such stupid words as Negro and colored and black. He said, you have no nationality. He said, Negro is not a nationality. He said, some, some man named, some, some man from Portuguese, don't call you that, and from Spanish. He said, color is not a nationality. He said, black is not a nationality. Black might tell you how you look, but it doesn't tell you who you are. He says, Now, hold on. Let's, let's go back. The name of a people must relate them instantaneously to land, history, and culture. Once again, a name of the people, a name of a people must instantaneously tie you back to land, History and culture. Please pay attention to what Dr. John Henry Clark states. What he stated. Well, we didn't miss the point. Let's, let's say that one more time because, because, because we missed this point. A name of the people must relate instantaneously back to land, history, and culture. And any time that you call a people by their right name, or any time that you call a people and fail to relate the people back to land, history, and culture, you're calling them out of their name. He says, no black man or black Ola. Ain't nothing wrong with the black. Ain't nothing wrong with the word black. Nothing wrong with it at all. However, it doesn't relate to a country. The name of every people in the world relates to a country. And once you think instantaneously to land, you think of nationality. You belong to something big in the world. Hopefully y'all heard what he said. If not, that's why I had to repeat it, because I couldn't allow for you to miss these points. So, let's go to land. Wow, here we go. Let's go to land. You can't see the land yet? Okay. So here it is. Let's go to land. Blasco Dictionary, fourth edition. It goes to land, and it says land, in the most general sense, comprehends any ground 
soil or earth whatsoever as meadows, pastures, woods, moors, waters, marshes, firs, and heath. What? The word land is synonymous and interchangeable with the word moors. Remember, John Henry Clark said, the name of a people must instantaneously tie you back to land, history, and culture. Well, you tell me who has more culture in which that Europe has said that was given and have done that they actually stolen from the African people. Who was the Moors? Throughout Europe, they tell you that they got hundreds and thousands of books in their libraries, thousands of books in their libraries from the Moors. Everything from esoteric and, and mystic books, um, the Kabbalah, all the way into architecture. He said, your name of a people, the name of the people must instantaneously tie you back to land, history, and culture. You give me a name for, for land that's instantaneous. And the only word in here in which that you have been known in history is Moors. Show me another name. What you call meadows? What you call pastures? What you call woods? What you call waters? Marshes? Ferns? Heaths? What you call any of that? No, you was called Moors. The word land includes not only the soil, but anything attached to it. Whether attached by the course of nature as trees, herbage, or waters, or by the hand of man as a building of And you don't want to be moors when that means that based on the science of you being land, you can damn claim the whole goddamn thing? <laughs> this is amazing to me. Another thing, Yeah, yeah. Nothing Here it is. Too. Go ahead. Yeah, the, 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 black, the destruction of black civilization by Chancellor Williams. He says, now again, just who are the Moors? The answer is very simple or easy. The original Moors, like the original Egyptians, were black Africans. So how you going to damn separate the Moors from Africans when he just told you that the Moors were Africans? You dumbasses. As amalgamation became more and more widespread, only Berbers, Arabs, and colors in the Moroccan period was called Moors, while the darkest and the black-skinned Africans were called Blacker Moors. Eventually, black was dropped from Blacker Moor, and or you were given of the Amor part was taken from you, and in North Africa and Morocco in particular, all Muslim, Muslim Arabs and Berbers was regarded as more. The African blacks haven't had even this name taken from them. Must contend for recognition is more. So now you don't want to be, you don't want to contend for recognition is more. Because you believe that bullshit that Moors enslaved Africans. And we're Moors. Hell, Jerry, um, the former president, Jerry Rollins of Ghana, 
issue back in the 1990s an apology to African Americans for the enslavement in which, and their participation in the enslaved in the slave trade. Recently, we seen a video of an African. Um, you remember his name? I can't remember the African name who we just seen this past week. Apologize. Who was that? It was um an um, African just past weekend. Just past week. Who just apologized for the same thing? Okay? So there's been apologies. But guess what? You won't call them Moors, you would call them Africans. But they still live in Africa. So see, this is the dumbness of you listening to jackasses that haven't done any research and study. And if they did, they're trying to keep their position and confuse you. Most of these agents are doing. I won't call the names here, but you know who you are. That's right. Noble Drali said this, children, you are at home. The European is 3,000 miles from home, and he's going to have to take some water. When the Europeans go back to Europe, the climate will go back to what it used to be. Before the Europeans came here, the bananas was large and the grapes was four in hand. All right? Yeah, Bennett from Ghana. So now, not only was Rollins who apologized in the 1960s for the slave trade, enslavement of the so-called um, Africans to become African Americans, at least for that 15% of which that they, um, 8 to 15% of which that um, they, they hold responsibility for. But now Benin from Ghana have said the same thing. Okay? So this is just what it is. Right? Go and do your research. You know? Right here, according to the book, Susa Economics, the history of pan-African trade, commerce, money, and wealth, these blacks found in the Americas by First Books Library states the mound builders. They were, were dark-skinned, woolly-haired blacks who were indigenous, natives to North America, and kin to the Omex of South America, the Omex in Washita, Black Californians, Yamasi, Californami, and other pre-Columbian Blacks of the Americas was part of a prehistoric network that began in Africa and spread it worldwide over 100,000 years ago and at various periods afterwards. Somebody come and debate me on this. Many think that some, some fools think that I lost against Sarasvati Seti, but I was the only one showing historical facts. I'm the one that showed information from Dr. Ben, in which that even Dr. Ben, you think Dr. Ben was 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 a was just a quote unquote historian, African Egyptologist. Well, Dr. Ben or Dr. Antonio Yusuf Ben Yakni received a doctoral degree in cultural anthropology and Moorish history from the University of Havana, Cuba, and the University of Barcelona, Spain. And in his book, as I show, Cultural Genocide in the Black and African Studies Curriculum, he made mention of first as a few of the names we was called with honor by the ancient um, Asians and Europeans thousands of years before the Western Europeans knew the Americas existed. Dr. Ben said the term Moors was used thousands of years ago. So see, this is why we go to our great masses. They clear up the confusion. These, these little just walked on the scene don't know shit. 
and haven't right. read books. Hell, they might not even know what the fuck a library look like. Because they get from damn YouTube, from damn, uh, um, from damn um, the internet, or gurgitating somebody else what they have said. All right. Dr. Arlene. Yes, yes, yes. What do you do now? Is there such thing as a Moor in the Americas, Africa, yes. New Zealand, yes. Australia, not yes. being part of a, of a tribe? No. All right. So let's say, let's say we are American. We are American Moors or Moorish Americans. All right. This is what this is clear. If we was in Africa, we would be African Moors. If we was in Europe, we'd be European Moors. If we was in Australia, we'd be Australian Moors. If we was in China, we shit, we'd be Chinese Moors. <laughs> but we were all Moors, we belong to a tribe, wouldn't we? The word more ties you back to the land. And then of course if you live in a particular area, then you would have tribal traditions. So hence now you would tie your tribe to more. Because we showed you where more is land. The reason why Thank you don't you. have any land is because you've been up from the land because you accepted Negro, Black, and colored status in African American, which ties you not back to land. Now, African American gets you closer than Negro, Black, and colored. Best believe that. So that's why I can't crucify Jesse Jackass too much. But these are still continents. These are not countries as Dr. John Henry Clark stated. All right? You must be tied back to land, history, and culture instantaneously. And there's no other word in land in this definition in the Black Law Dictionary than the word Moors. All right? Now, now that you understand that you Moors, because of land and heritage, land ties, instantaneous connections, then you now must, if you're a tribe, you must tie yourself back also historically. When your grandma told you you was Choctaw, then you are Choctaw more, which is a Washington more. When they told you that you were Lenape, when you are Lenape more, Delaware more, as they call, or Nanocote more. All right? So you have to understand that you must now, because even El Bay. They, Alan Ali, or Ellen Bay, are tribal names. Why is the term tribal used? What they call Africans in Africa, tribal. They call Australia, um, Aborigines in Australia, tribal. They call those in, in other words, indigenous people are tribal. They call those here in America tribal. So we have tribal names. And El and Bay are the tribal names, of course, along with Day, Il, and Ali. Uh, Al and Ali. All right, so understand these connections. So once you add El or Bay, Day, Il, Ali, um, 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 Al and Ali to your surname, as your surname, as your last name, you know, which is actually your tribal name and your nobility title, you say that you are more. And that you have a tribal connection, now you have land rights again here. Thank so you. if you say that you are tall, if you say that you are a Cherokee, or which is actually a Anunuia, or um Selegi, 
more than you have tied yourself to land here. If you say that you are um, Yoruba, Igbo, that means you are African more. That means you've tied yourself back to Africa. So that means in order to have some type of quote-unquote land, you have to be in Africa. That's no problem. Go to Africa and also get land. Definitely. Get land everywhere because you were the first people on planet Earth. All the land is yours. As a matter of fact, if you just finished reading in land with moors, it says land includes not only the soil, but everything attached to it. <laughs> Whether attached by the course of the nature as trees, herbage, or water, or by the hand of man as buildings and fences. Claim it. Reclaim it. Okay? So, um, Thank you very much, Dr. Lane. Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem, brother L. Appreciate you asking that for the clear nonsense. Um, hopefully, um, people is overstanding this. You know, I don't know what's going on on why people aren't getting, it, but um, but we get it out, and we're gonna keep getting it out until um, people get a clear understanding of what's really taking place. But we're gonna come back tomorrow. So um, come on back to the broadcast. We're gonna be broadcasting once again from Google Hangout, from YouTube as well as also from Blog Talk Radio. We're not playing no more. Uh, we are now um, going crazy with this because we got to get the information out, all right? Um, for those that um, gave in this super chat, yo, we really appreciate y'all. Um, y'all are real special to us because y'all helping us um, get this information out and spreading the word. And actually, we're convinced with your funds, we'll actually are creating more venues that we can get more information out also, all right? So also for those that recognize and understand that you have Moore's lineage, that you are indigenous to this land, go to moorsbill.com or moorsbill.ing, all right? You can go there um, and join us. We have our own Facebook, all right, where Moors meet, all right? And those who understand um, our heritage, and no, we ain't just saying that we just came from America. We came from Australia. We came from Europe. We came from um, Africa. We came from North, South America, Central America, the adjoining islands. We resided on every landmass, all seven landmass, all right? Because when we say that we was here in America 600 million years ago, based on what um, Forbidden Archaeology tells us, and also the hidden history of the human race by Michael Cremo and Richard L. Thompson, they tell us that we was already in the America 600 million years ago. So that means that's 400 million years before the continental drift, before the continents begin to drift apart from each other. This means when they was all together, as Prophet Noble Drali stated, that the Kushites were on these various land masses before the great earthquake, in which that caused the continental drift, or caused the so-called seven continents. All right? So this all correlates. You just have to put this, put the pieces of the puzzle together and stop being confused by these Negroes who just jumped out here yesterday on YouTube, thinking that you think that they damn masters, damn masters with the books um, that they've studied and read from. They're just damn telling you their opinion off of their head. What books? What, give me the goddamn scholarship. Give me the teachers, our great scholars. Hell, give me the European scholars. Okay, yeah, let's get some questions. What is Trinian Coco? 
Simeon Toko obviously studied um, Christianity, which was his traditional uh, religion. All right? You have various Palos, but the most popular Palo is Palo Mayande. Yeah. All right. In order to find your grandfather's name, you have to go to what is called the Dawes Road, D-A-W-E-S Road, R-O-L, from L-L. Um, and once you go there, you just put in the last name, and you can um, pull up at least the so-called five civilized tribes, which is the Seminole, the Choctaw, the Creek, which is Muscogee, the Chickasaw, all right? And um, what, the Cherokee? Did I say Cherokee already? Okay, I think I already said Cherokee. Okay. Well, it's five civilized tribes. So um, you would go and find the name, find his name on the door scroll by looking up those files in, in those five so-called civilized tribes and you get that information um, and find out your heritage. All right? Any others? All right. So, all right. We love y'all. Love you, God. God is... Appreciate that. I, you know, so come back tomorrow. We got another fulfilling, hard going class in which that you're going to get more information, more knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And be out. Peace. Peace.